You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm Wade Lentz, and I'm joined with my good friend, Harold Smith. Harold, you've been staying busy. Last night, you preached a revival uh, service at a uh, church nearby. It was 100, I think, 114 heat index or whatever. Brutally yeah. hot outside. But you brought the heat behind the pulpit. I know. Well, it was actually in Greenwood, Arkansas, my hometown. So I was conscious that prophets aren't typically accepted in their hometown. So, but yeah, it was plenty hot. They had the church cool. I I was concerned because when it gets that hot, you're trying to heat a big open space or trying to cool a big open space. And Mm -hmm. if you ever get behind, you never get caught up during the day, but we had a great crowd. We had, we had good attendance and uh, I, I really feel like the people in the congregation at least from what they told me, were experiencing a revival. They were, um, they, they were excited. They had a renewed zeal and commitment for the Lord, and that that revival is going to continue on all week at Denver Street mm-hmm. Missionary Baptist Church in Greenwood. Pastor Derek Bremer, be a, I think it's he built it as five nights, five preachers. So there'll be a yeah. different preacher each night, and just a good group of men behind me each night preaching and. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to try to attend every night, but Wednesday when I'll be in my own home church. So yeah, excited about that. You've been on the road yourself. You hadn't exactly just sat around and done nothing. No, uh, no, we took Matthew back to his, uh, to begin his second year at uh, Mississippi state university and he's studying meteorology, you know, taking him back for his second year, dropping him off. He's got a, a new apartment. He's rooming with three other three of the guys, it was a lot easier for me than that first time, uh, you know, dropping off as, you know, the first time him leaving the home, that was absolutely gut wrenching. <laughs> so this time for me is like, all right, son, you know, call me if you need me, take care, buddy. But for my wife, it was still very tough, you know, for mama still leaving the, the child, uh, her oldest child. But was you a little bit tempted to take the other three boys and drop them off in Mississippi too, and just go ahead and empty the house? And- yeah, at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It. Uh, we're we're proud of Matthew. He's he works hard. He he studies. You know, totally unlike me academically. You know, he took things serious. Yeah. Uh, I I did not in school. Me neither. Me neither. I tell you what. I I. Uh, I'm looking at the freezer. I know it's hot right now, but when it starts to cool off, hunting season will come on. Mm-hmm. I found a package of backstrap in there yesterday, so I put that in the fridge. And for lunch, I had deer meat fajitas, and I sliced that up and marinated it all day. And I had it for lunch today. And I tell you what, if I fall asleep during the podcast today, I'm going to blame it on deer meat fajitas <laughs> because they were good. And, uh, I, I justified eating a little extra since it was lean meat, you know, there's no, there's yeah. no cholesterol. This is this wild game, but man, um, I hate to brag on myself, but it's a fact. I make a pretty good deer taco. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Yeah. I'll have to try that sometime. Oh man. Sounds that, good. That, you know, it's a good idea. I'll shoot an extra deer knowing <laughs> that I'm going to have to feed you from now on. So I might yeah. as well justify pulling the trigger one more time. Absolutely. Now you, you have a garden, you grow a garden, but how's it been in this intense heat? Man, I, I have nothing left in it, but marigolds and uh, peppers, a lot okay. of peppers, your hot peppers, especially. Yeah. If they filled out enough that the leaves can shade the peppers, they'll continue to make through the hot weather. As long as you water them every two or three days, peppers can mm -hmm. really go without water. But if they don't have that big leaf cover to shade the peppers, they get what's called sun scald. And uh, some of my peppers didn't fill out. The plants didn't fill out and, and they're just, I had to pull them. My mother-in-law still has a bunch of tomatoes out and, um, we're still, we've still got a lot of tomatoes. I gave away a bunch at church Sunday. Yeah. We'll probably give away a bunch more Wednesday night at church. So, wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of heat, uh, I want to talk today about no doubt the hottest song in America right now. And uh, it's recorded by an artist by the name of Oliver Anthony. He recorded a song, really just a few songs. One, uh, the most popular is the song we're going to be talking about. It's called Rich Men North of Richmond. Man, to me, it is a powerful song. It is, uh, if you're musical, and, and I'm, I'm a halfway musician, um, I love it because it's very raw. Uh, just the the acoustic guitar that he plays, simple vocals, but it's just raw music. And he's from North. He's from, originally from Virginia. He's now living in North Carolina, I believe. No, he worked in a mountain. He worked in North Carolina. He's moved back to Virginia. He lives okay. on Acres in Virginia. Yeah, and he just has this kind of a, this mountain, you know, bluegrass soul, even type of a of a vocal. And, uh, man, it has taken off. Yeah. Uh, it's got like 35 million downloads on YouTube and it's only been up for two three weeks. weeks, two, three weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, crazy. on Spotify, it's just mind boggling how, how popular iTunes he is passing Taylor Swift in the amount of downloads. So, uh, man, you know, I, I posted something the other day about showing my downloads on Spotify versus his i've been on spotify for like three years and i have like two monthly listeners he's been on for two weeks he has like 3.5 million now so <laughs> <laughs> well i saw a statistic that on itunes they have their top 10 most downloaded songs in all genres i mean whether it's rap or or rock or rhythm and blues or whatever country he has five of the top 10 songs of all genres. So it's wow. not just Richmond North of Richmond, which resonated with everyone and set mm -hmm. off this popularity trend is people like, was, well, who is this guy? I mean, he's, he's this one song breaks out. Well, they started going back and listening to him and all of his songs that he had, you know, available, but instantly became popular. And so I, th I think something we ought to start off with is just, considering why is he so popular? I mean, like mm -hmm. you said, it is raw. It's he's not recording these in a studio. He didn't get 27 takes. They're not dubbing, yeah. in, you know, background music. It's one man, a Durbro guitar played acoustically, uh, you know, strung from his, his shoulder. Yeah. He's just, he's recording Richmond North of Richmond was recorded in the woods with a deer stand in the background. 
but yeah. he has songs that he recorded in a uh, a laundromat or sitting under a tin roof of his carport, yeah. and he's just sitting there with a microphone recording these songs, and they're outshining. And and I guess what we ought to talk about: why is he so popular? His voice is good. I've heard people criticize him, but look where he's mm-hmm. recording. If you put this guy in a studio and clean it up and and and, yeah. and work it, I mean, he would sound great. He's not a great musician, but he plays good enough that he can play and sing together. You know, it's mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's Chet Atkins or, or or Jerry Reed or something like that. But what makes him so popular is his songwriting ability. Yes, it's the yeah. words that resonate with the people. It's the raw. It's nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's what preachers wish they had. It's content that yeah. you know, preachers a lot of times will rely on a choir or, or a song service or, a, a, you know, a certain they'll use all different sorts of things to draw people in. Mm-hmm. But when you listen to Oliver Anthony, you're, you're not listening in because he's a great musician or he's got this unique voice. You're listening to Oliver Anthony because what he's saying the the substance of his message resonates and, yes. and it just the people of America get it. Mm-hmm. And it's the way they feel. And he's saying it with emotion the way they feel it. Yes. What do you think about that? Way does yeah, is that ab- absolutely the reason why it's taken off the way it is is because it's true. What he wrote about is true. And he is just able to say things that we're not able to to say yeah. and uh, but yet we all feel it and uh and, and and two the song is brilliant in the fact of how he uses play on words mm-hmm. uh, rich men north of richmond richmond virginia so he's speaking about the rich man in dc the power of of the united states government um, and then throughout the song he uses more play uh, plays on words that it's just, man, you got to think about what he's writing. Right. And you're like, oh, wow, that is true. Yeah. You know, you know, but, when he talks about minors, well, he has a line in there that says, I wish that politicians cared about minors more than just minors on an island somewhere. So he's mm-hmm. using the word minor. Politicians cared about coal miners. Right. Coal mining's a big thing in, in Virginia and North Carolina, yeah. Kentucky. And miners on an island is the Epstein Island, you know, and and yeah. all the, the the deliberation and talk over that. Talking about those plays on words, you know, he's saying. I, I was talking to some preachers last night, and they said, you know, he really just says what we all are thinking, mm-hmm. and he says it to music in a powerful way. And uh, th- just the fact that so many people, I mean, it seemed to cross racial and ethnic boundaries to me it I did yeah i see people that i wouldn't that i would think would let's say wouldn't listen to country music mm-hmm. you know and and he's clearly got a, a blues country you know sound to him but people that do not care a thing in the world for somebody like a sturgill simpson or a tyler childers or coulter wall you know that real raw country sound yeah sound yeah. They're like, I love this guy. And I'm, I'm like, why do you love him? Well, mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And, and right. I, when somebody captures what we call the soul of America, America resonates with them. They, they Absolutely. just draw to them. And I, I think his background, he talked about working in a paper mill and, and how much he had to work growing up. And mm-hmm. 
when he was younger and now he's in industrial sales. So he's selling to people in factories on job sites. And, and if you listen to any of the interviews he's done, he really just says, look, I just preach. I, I just sing about the things that I hear being said everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are working yeah. themselves to death, paying mostly taxes, don't have any real thing to show for their efforts. And the people north of Richmond say, I mean, they, they just want more. And if you're, I was in Virginia about uh, a month ago yeah. and I noticed that they say Richmond. Mm-hmm. Richmond. So when he says Richmond, north of Richmond, it sounds like he's just saying Richmond twice, but rich men and rich Mund in Virginia are the same. Right. Thing. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, yeah. He just does a wonderful job weaving all that together. I mean, what do he you does. think about the, the, just the broad reach of people that are following him? Oh yeah. yeah I've, I've noticed that just uh, watching some YouTube videos of, like you said, there's just, um, he's crossing multicultural ethnic uh, boundaries here. And th- these people who are listening to the song, who are maybe Hispanic or black, or whatever, are like, dude, he's right. Yeah. He's nailed it, yeah. you know? And um, which I thought uh, some people are not going to get it. Well, really, the only people that don't get the song are liberal, very liberal people or organizations such as Christianity Today, <laughs> <laughs> who just wrote an article uh, that said Oliver Anthony he does not love his neighbor. And they were really honing in on this line of the song. It's one of the verses where he says, if I can find it, if you're five foot, three, yeah, if you're five foot pounds. three and 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. And so he is, but he, it's true. It is true. Yes. Why are we funding? A, a medical um, situation where we're like pumping diabetes. One of the <laughs> things, I, l- listen, I was, I used to run a Frito Lay delivery route. I delivered Cheetos and Doritos and Fritos and Lay's potato chips. Okay. I had a route I delivered to the store in the summertime. I would see kids coming in with a shopping cart and they would just go over there and grab my high dollar name brand Doritos and just put four or five bags in there and they'd have, boxes of little Debbie snack cakes, like fudge rounds that he mm-hmm. mentioned in the song. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, who's doing this? I mean, who, who buys this much junk? And they would go up there to check out and they'd hand them an, an EBT card. You know, this is all food stamps, right? And somebody right. that was getting government subsidized food from the grocery store, sent a 10 year old kid in and his 10 year old buddy and they filled a shopping cart full of junk food that I never had growing up. My parents worked. We mm-hmm. couldn't just go blow money like that. Right. It used to make me so mad, Wade. I would be like, you know, where's the mother? You know, who who's responsible for this? Yeah. Because yeah. they're taking that money. Don't just grow on trees. Mm-hmm. That's coming out of a working person's taxes. Yes. And it's being given to someone who doesn't appreciate it. Whose kids are blowing it on junk food. And mm-hmm. I'm selling the chips and I would have gave up the sale yeah, just to fix the problem. And so what he says in that explicit line right there, I was like, I've said that for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And he goes, he goes on to say in that same verse, he says, young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because yeah. all this darn country does 
is keep on kicking them down. Yeah. And, and people don't even realize it, but the government is funding their horrible habits, their horrible eating habits. And, uh, and so Christianity today saw that as a bash to those who are on welfare, you know, you know, but, this, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that there are those who are on welfare who should not be, Yeah, you know, those who, um, maybe should be working and are able to work, but choose not to work and yet are receiving government subsidies and so forth. And, and that's wrong. Well, they're not receiving subsidies. They're receiving a debit card that they can walk into a grocery yes. store and buy anything they want with. And mm -hmm. the song really got me thinking again to when I was a child, my grandmother, my, my step grandmothers, my grandfather remarried and she was a full blood Cherokee Indian. And when my grandfather died, she would get subsidies, what we would call subsidies from the Cherokee tribe. And she would get blocks of cheese, big tubs of peanut butter, rice, beans, crackers, salmon in a can. These were all things you'd have to take inside and cook and prepare meals with. Mm -hmm. And of course, my single grandmother couldn't eat all that, you know, and so she would give it to us because mom and dad were raising two boys. And so we grew up eating government cheese and government peanut butter and we live in a day where there's a government push to get rid of farming unless it's growing yeah. corn to make gas out of ethanol. I mean, they don't want dairy cattle. They don't want beef cattle. They don't want, they're restricting all this stuff. Why don't we go back? I mean, this song got me thinking, why don't we go back instead of giving them a card and saying, go buy all the fudge rounds you want. Why don't mm -hmm. we get back to saying how many children live in your home? You know, how many mouths do you have to feed? Okay, here's X amount of food from America's farmers. America's mm -hmm. dairy yeah. land produced all of this government cheese. America, yes. you know, farmers produced this this beef and give them that and say, look, you've got food, fix it. If you're too lazy right. to fix it, you don't need it. Yes. The Bible yeah. says, let him that work or let him that stole still no more, but let, rather let him labor with his hands. And if a man right. will not work, he shall not eat. Yes. Yeah. This guy's song just got me all off on that last week. I was right. Like, right. What if we went back to American farmers producing stuff and then give it? Cause I'm not against helping those in need. Mm -hmm. I'm against fraud, waste and abuse. Exactly. And that's pretty much everything that goes on in the government. And I think with, with Oliver Anthony, uh, I was talking to a pastor earlier this morning. He's like, he's not just criticizing the Democrats. You know, a lot of preachers criticize Democrats, right? He's criticizing all of them. Yes, he, he sure is. Republican and Democrat. Yeah. yeah. They are part of that rich men in, in Richmond, North. Yeah, of he Richmond. didn't say Democrats North of Richmond. That's right. It's rich. Yeah. And he, and, and he really criticizes them on the fact of taxes. Um, I'll read some of the, uh, lyrics here. I've been selling my soul working all day. Overtime hours for bull yeah. crap pay. <laughs> so I can sit here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. And then he says, um, cause your dollar ain't crap and it's taxed to no end cause of rich men north of Richmond. Yeah. He, he's right. You know, um, our dollar is taxed to no end. And because of that, our dollar is not worth as much as it used to be. And it's constantly losing ground. 
because of the guys who are in Washington who keep on passing laws and legislation that continue to keep the little man down. I saw a uh, a clip from like 19, I want to say it was 84, 87, somewhere in the mid 80s, let's just say. And it was a lady with a shopping cart rounded over with groceries. I mean, they were jammed in there. You don't ever see carts like this unless they've been reading them Vody Bauckham books and watching the Duggars. You know, people don't, mm-hmm. people don't go out and buy big grocery carts of food like this anymore. For, they can't afford it. Yeah. This lady had this grocery cart. It was rounded up, Wade. And it was like $37 and 18 cents. I was like, I could live for six months on what you got in that cart. Yeah. yeah. Now I go to the grocery store. I got two bags and it's $42. I'm like, what's in here? Yeah. It's because your truth. dollar doesn't buy anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, he, this is why he's popular. He said what we think. He said what we've always thought. And he's put it to music. And he said it with emotion, but let's, let's look at another aspect of this Wade. Why are pastors preachers? Well, you, you mentioned Christianity today. Why are they so against this? I mean, I, I've got a good preacher friend. He just hates this song because it's got a cuss word in it. You know, it says a mm-hmm. couple of cuss words Yeah, and yeah. I, I understand, you know, I, I don't go around cussing. I don't advocate that Christians cuss. I I don't let my children cuss, you know, and they're grown and and they don't, we don't speak that way, but there are a bunch of other songs that have cuss words in them. Nobody's upset about them. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, I don't hear anybody out, you know, complaining about what Cardi B is saying and and her songs are way more explicit. And Oh yeah. The only reason we're seeing pastors take a, a issue with, Anthony Oliver is because he's so popular. Yeah. It's so popular with people in their pews. Yes. And I, yes. I think they've got to find something wrong with him and say, Hey, hey, look, look, he's, he's cussing, you know, yeah. he's cussing. And right. I'm like everybody I know in the world cusses. I, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah. outside of my church circle of friends, I, I hear cuss words constantly. If I, I don't go to the movies, but if you watch a, a Hollywood made movie, there's cuss words in it. Sure. Sure. And I think just saying the guy's cussing, you're missing the point. You're yeah. not going to be able to communicate or hear from the world. Mm-hmm. You can't listen to somebody that says a cuss word. And I, I look, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Wait, I've been in the military. I've heard stuff strung together in my ear, well, three, three inches from the guy's mouth that, you know, sure. <laughs> and I, I worked in, in a blue collar job. I was worth worked with the utility company for years and uh, they didn't speak like uh, preachers <laughs> in the construction field. I promise you that. Uh, here's I wrote this on, on Twitter last week. I said, you know, one way to view Anthony's song would be, is the song true? And, and are, would these preachers at least, at least listen to the song and say, you know what? Yeah, he, it is true. Now, uh, could he have written the song differently without using the salty language? Well, he could have, but I said this, if he would had, we would not be talking about him, his music, or the potential impact the song can make. And uh, I had one fellow to uh, engage in that and said, well, so it was the salty language and not the truth of that song that made the difference. And I said, well, if if he had written that the dollar ain't worth 
poo or the dollar ain't worth mess, I don't believe we'd ever hear of Anthony's music. So, um, yeah, they're, they're focusing on something I think is so small and I'm not minimizing cussing, but you're, you're, you're just throwing away all the truth that's in that song because of one issue in that song. And, uh, like you say, there, that, that word, uh, is, is used every day. Uh, and I'm, and that's not making it right, but to the average American, uh, it's resonating with them. Yeah. The words he uses would still be considered PG 13 if by movie standards. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you're going to hear these nearly everywhere. I mean, you're not going to hear them on the nightly news. You're not going to hear them in Sunday school, at least if you go to a decent church. Right. But if if you go on to just the average office, you would hear these words over and over and a bunch worse. Mm-hmm. And, and if you went into the average construction site, you would hear it in much worse. And, and, and I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying it's the language of the people today. And I'll give you an illustration that proves that. When I was a kid growing up, if you were covered in tattoos, you know, you, you either did 40 years in the Navy or you were a biker or you'd been to prison. Okay. Yeah. Tattoos were something that was shunned on. I mean, that was right. nobody. If you had one, you kept it all covered up. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. want anybody to see it. Nowadays, everybody's got tattoos, Wade. I mean, preachers are getting Bible verses tattooed on them. Yeah. Getting 1689 tattooed on their arm because of the confession of faith was written. Tattoos are completely mm-hmm. and totally acceptable today. They right. weren't 30 years ago. If you're upset about the salty language, that's the way our world talks. Yeah. The way to fix it is to not set up here and criticize the guy that's saying what the world's thinking and say, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. The way mm-hmm. to fix it is to share the gospel with people and teach them how to talk. You can't right. just criticize the role model and expect them all to go, well, I don't like that no more. I just sure. found out cussing's wrong. Right. And so I think, like you said, writing them off because of it, you're just putting yourself so far at odds from the people you're trying to reach. Yeah, you're ostracizing yourself. That's the word I'm looking From for. the common person. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there you can identify the the pastor who does not like the word can still identify himself with the song because he agrees with the song. The song is true. And let's let's also throw this out on the table. You know, he has his first public gig after he breaks open and becomes famous, and he chooses to read a portion of the one of the Psalms during this performance. And he gets a Bible out. I think it's Psalm 27 or 37. I don't remember, but it's an imprecatory Psalm where he's Mm -hmm. uh, David is praying that God would avenge himself on wicked people. Yeah. And he's also been very vocal in interviews and statements that he's made about America has forgotten who God is. Mm -hmm. Well, this has really angered a lot of preachers. Like uh, one guy on Twitter said two weeks ago, he said, I just don't think it's right him to cuss in his songs and then read the Bible in his concert. Yeah. And right. I'm like, we're not the keepers of the Bible. We're not the Bible police. You don't have yeah. the right to handle the book. Mm-hmm. That's what the Catholics said. All Protestants broke away from the Catholics trying to control the Bible and, and, yeah. and Bible translators wanted to put the Bible in the hands of common man. And here we are in 2023 and the common man's reading the Bible in, in front of people and preachers are up in arms about it. 
Yeah. I just don't get it, Wade. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, hey, look, I, he he wouldn't be my choice of Sunday school teacher. Sure. This ain't the end of the world. Right, right. And we, we don't know um, Oliver Anthony's background. We don't know his religious background. If he is a Christian, we don't know what he was saved out of. I mean, I do. we yeah. do know that he was an uh, alcoholic, I believe. Yes. That he just re- is a recovering alcoholic and pray that he continues to stay, stay sober. Um, but... Again, you don't know what he was saved out of if he is a Christian. So automatically going to start condemning this man for um, reading the Bible. How dare this man? Yeah. Um, 25 acres of cars parked to hear him preach. Over 12,000 people there to hear him sing or preach. To hear him sing, he reads reads like 10 or 12 Bible verses, and you're mad about it. Yeah. Bro, really go check yourself. Right. Why are you upset that somebody read the Bible to 12,000 people? Sure. I don't know what sure. it means. Listen, God can take the, the, the word of God and apply it to the hearts of people. Yeah. And like I said, he would be my pick for evangelist. I wouldn't have a tent meeting and invite him to sing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is not the end of the yeah. world. All in right. all, it's a guy saying what we all think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we- I just, I'm tired of, I'm tired of preachers railing on him. You're not railing on Hank Jr. You know, he said the same words in his music in the 1980s and he's in the country music hall of fame and nobody, you know, railing on him. Right. Right. You know, I wonder what Hank Williams Jr. thinks about Oliver Anthony. I would love to to see something that he, I bet they're cut from the same cloth. Oh, I I bet so speaking. I mean, um, but there again. That's another guy that knows what it's like to be politically ostracized because of what he said. You remember Hank Jr. was the voice of Monday Night Football. Yes, that's right. Until he took a stand against uh, Obama, I think, or might have said something about Hillary, and they yanked him. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, he had been the voice of Monday Night Football. He, His opening song was what you thought of, and now it's uh-huh. some chick singing some. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows what. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, but, but the point I'm making is anybody that steps out of line, says what we all think is going to get criticism. I just mm-hmm. think it's a shame that preachers are criticizing him from the same side. The left and liberals are. Yeah, really. Give the guy some grace. Yes. You know? Let him exactly. grow out of his bad language. Right. You know, if he is truly a Christian, the Lord's able to straighten him out. Right. Um, right. But. I was talking to a pastor earlier and he's like, what's your podcast on? And I, I told him and he said, man, he said, that song just brings out the Patriot me. He said, it makes me want to go <laughs> yeah. to Richmond and, and march on Washington. He said, it makes yeah. me want to really protest. And I said, I know, I know you got to calm yourself down with yeah. Christians, you know, but what he was getting across though, Wade was he's saying, well, the way I feel, you know, mm-hmm. that's right. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, Paul said, said, you know, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. So what, was this guy just using salty language as Paul was stating there? Well, Paul talked about people <laughs> preaching the gospel out of contention. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I'm thinking, well, if, if Paul said either way, whether they're doing it for the right reason or not, the word of God's going out. Yeah. I don't right. Care. Honest to goodness, I wouldn't care. If Metallica opened up their set reading Ephesians one, you know what I would say? 
everybody got to hear Ephesians 1 being read. Right, it's right. It's not the end of the world, preacher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Exactly. I guess yeah, we so, can go on railing yeah. on, on, on the Christian response. The, the bottom line here is with us as two pastors, two patriot pastors, we give the song two thumbs up. Yeah. And so you can uh, take that however you would like to take it. You know, it's not a song that I would allow my kids to listen to, but here's the thing. My kids don't understand the meaning of taxes. My kids do not understand the meaning of welfare, so they're not going to get the, the song anyway. It's not a, not a kid song, but neither is paying taxes a kid thing. So anyway, um, that's my take. Harold, do you want to send us out? Sure. I would say essentially the same thing. I still listen to classic rock. I still listen to classic country. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it ultimately, you know, ruins my life to hear those things. I, I know people that like, I only listen to gospel music all day, every day. Yeah. Well, well, good for you, but that's not mandated. Right. Oh, you know? and, um, this is not something that I'm constantly playing on a loop, but I, I really, there's much worse out there to get upset about. Mm-hmm. This guy tends to hold our views politically. He tends to have uh, at least an understanding that America needs God. Yeah. And I'm going to give him grace that he's probably not as mature a Christian as he ought to be. If he is a Christian, he's got a lot of growing up to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I don't see anything here to get bent out of shape over. Uh, right. I'm glad the song's released. I'm glad it's popular. I hope it gets America all together on the same track, and they realize, you know, we've got to take serious what the rich men north of Richmond have been doing mm-hmm. to so yes thank you guys for tuning in today we're running out of time uh Wade good discussion uh I'm glad that we were in agreement I'd hate to have music wars on the Patriot Pat- <laughs> podcast true <laughs> so if you guys disagree with us uh send us an email just send it to Wade because I don't have time for it I get my own hate mail um, that's funny but you can catch up with us on uh, Facebook or Twitter and um uh, We'll see you guys on the next podcast. I pray the Lord richly bless you.